covered exactly two games in which Eric Carlson played this past season. One was in Pittsburgh, one was in San Jose. And on both occasions, it genuinely struck me what an epic waste of talent this was. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, the other two teams in town. Carlson was introduced, of course, to the local media yesterday at PPG Paints Arena, acquitted himself quite well. I thought, as he always has, this is a really classy guy, and I'm only partially saying that, and you'll see this because of how the man dresses. This is this is someone who's on another stratosphere when it comes to his wardrobe. He spoke highly of the city. He spoke of being impressed with the, the landscape and coming through the tunnel, the times that he's played golf out at Oakmont. Pretty good golfer, by the way. But he spoke more than anything else about what it really means to him to come to Pittsburgh. And, you know, obviously I played against Pittsburgh many a times and lost to them uh, a few times when, when they went on to, to win the, the ultimate prize. And, and, you know, that's something that they know how to do here. And the players that they've had here for a long time are are still really good players. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, step into that group and, and uh, you know, learn a lot of things. And, and also at the same time, hopefully, you know, bring some new things and, and you know, help them, uh, you know, become even better. Because uh, I think that that's what you have to do within a group is, is help each other out and, you know, push each other. And, and I feel like, um, you know, from the whole organization here and, and this team, uh, that's something that uh, they've been very good at for a very long time. And, and I feel like that's something that they still have in them. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to be a part of that. This isn't something unusual in the hockey world. When players talk about Pittsburgh, they talk about the championships. Why? Well, they've either been in the league watching the Penguins lift the cup twice in recent years, or they grew up watching the Penguins lift the cup. Carlson, of course, fits the former category. And on top of that, in 2017, this guy who picked the Ottawa Senators up on his shoulders and came this close to getting them into the final, the Stanley Cup final in 2017, had that heartbreak happen right here. Same building he was talking in yesterday with Chris Kunitz's double overtime shot over Craig Anderson's shoulder. And... If you're a competitor, you want to win. And if you're a professional athlete and you're a competitor whose spirit burns through even the necessary and vital pursuits of money and all else that that entails, then you behave exactly the way Carlson did. Over the past year, the past calendar year. And here's why I say that. Yeah, he was in a trash situation in San Jose. And the moment the Sharks 
sent Timo Meyer out, as pretty much everyone knew they would, sending him to Newark, of course, that was the end. There was not going to be any going back. You don't send out a guy in his mid-20s who looks like he still has the world in front of him. Meyer's a really, really good player in the National Hockey League. The Devils knew that. That's why they paid the price that they did. The Sharks knew that, which is why they made him available the way they did. The Sharks are now left with Thomas Hurdle and a whole boatload of who knows what. And Carlson knew that. So Carlson helped to force the Sharks' hand in getting him out of there. While I will applaud loyalty in the right circumstances, I'll also never fault. In fact, I'll go the other extreme and praise somebody who wants to get out of a situation that's clearly not for them at a certain stage of their career. So what did Carlson do? He put up 101 points. He won the Norris Trophy. It wasn't particularly compelling, that race, either. He reminded everybody around the hockey world, but also himself, of who he is when he's at full health. And he obviously had an issue that's, uh, you know, kind of also related to something that happened in Pittsburgh. We can revisit that some other time, the Matt Cook step on the back of his Achilles. But he made it back. He made it all the way back. And he did so by going all the way to the peak of his profession and then said, got to get me out of here. Nothing mean about the Sharks, nothing unprofessional, just this ain't it. I got to go somewhere where I can win. Which isn't to suggest that if he were a betting man, he would go and put down money on the Penguins to win the Stanley Cup next summer, even if he's on the roster. The Penguins won't be anybody's cup favorites entering the coming season. But the circumstances were what they were, as he acknowledged Yesterday in the press conference, there were only a couple of teams that were even capable of attempting a transaction like this because of the salary cap constraints and other circumstances. So once he looked over that field, he, having a no-trade clause approved of this one, obviously, and judging by the interview that he'd done a couple weeks ago in Sweden, he was going to be okay with Pittsburgh at any point in this process. Why? You heard the man. He wants to win. He's yet to win. He's yet to win it all. He's yet to raise the cup. And if you go back over Carlson's career, both in the NHL and internationally, he's done a lot of winning. He's done a lot of team leading. He's been a captain, and he's been a good one. And isn't it funny, you know, you go back over the 2016 and 2017 runs for the Penguins, they always had one or two guys who were in the mix that they wanted to win the Cup for, veterans, whether it was Trevor Daly or Ron Hainsey, others along the way. And they're usually in that mold. They're guys who are fourth liners or third pairing defensemen who rise up a little bit at playoff time and everyone makes a fun narrative out of it. This is something else. This is Raymond Bork chasing a cup. This is a truly great player chasing a cup. When we come back, J1Q.
comes from Evan McLaren. And before I read it, I just got to say, the quality and the caliber of the questions that get sent into this show get better and better with every passing month it's on. And I am so grateful for that because being selfish here, I could listen to this from just my own perspective. There's nothing that makes a show seem less significant than having dumb questions. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like you're appealing to like the lowest common denominator. Whereas, listen to Evan's question. Evan says, in the last episode, you talked about the dilemma that's presented by the Chris Letang, Eric Carlson, embarrassment of riches to NHL elite offensive defensemen who play 25 plus minutes a game raising the question of who's going to play the 25-plus minutes with them. So please entertain my insane speculation. Is there precedent for a situation where, say, Marcus Pedersen would play 20-ish minutes with either Latang or Carlson and, say, P.O. Joseph would take the remaining minutes on a scale from zero to summarily execute this man? How unthinkable is it to put Carlson and Latang? and let them play their 25-plus minutes together. I knew, Evan, this was going to come at some point. I did not think it would come with this eloquent wording. So congratulations to you on both fronts. I would not be playing Carlson and Latang together other than on the first power play, which is going to be another subject, obviously, for another day, and a heck of a subject at that. I don't like the idea of moving either one to an unnatural side while also accepting that either one of them is capable of it. If I've got great players, I want to maximize them. They teach you in in business to always build from your strengths. If you're really, really good at selling toothbrushes but you're terrible at selling toothpaste put all the toothbrushes in the front of the store well if you've got great players you're not moving them around to accommodate different situations you put them where they go and then figure out everyone else now that said this does not account for your top four situation that you're describing you left out ryan graves i would assume that's an accident or just because he's new p.o joseph would not be the one who'd be working into that left-handed mix p.o is going to be on the third pairing with chad ruedel barring i don't know it almost doesn't matter what i believe you're going to see as far as ice time goes and as far as pairings go i don't i don't third time i don't believe in having Pedersen and or Graves having their minutes go through the roof. I do believe that you can manage this to an extent via special teams. In other words, if you've got a first power play, and you will, of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel up front, Eric Carlson, and Chris Letang on the points, Chances are really, really good they're going to be out there for about 90 seconds. No exaggeration. And I know that would happen occasionally this past season. I feel like it'll happen systematically this coming season because you're completely nuts to take them off the rink. Now, it's not going to happen with a snap of a finger, as we've seen. You don't just put a bunch of talent out there and hope 
or cave to their egos and blah, 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 like I said some other day. But you do leave them out there a lot. You have to figure out what you're doing with the PK. As I've been saying since this trade was consummated, your third pairing right-handed defenseman had better be a PK ace. So Ruedel's not that, but he's he's okay at it. Latang is a very good penalty killer. Carlson's killed penalties. But I don't really want either of them out there eating pucks. It will be interesting. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know how this defense rotation is going to work. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. And this week, especially, I want to thank and welcome all of the new listeners. Our numbers went through the roof this week. And I'm I'm grateful for that. And as such, I want to share that if you're new here, you can leave a J1Q uh, on our website, on the app, DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can also leave it in YouTube comments. Uh, anything at all that's on your mind, I'm happy to take it, happy to hear from you, even if your question or your comment doesn't get read on Daily Shot. All of them, every last one of them gets considered. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.